Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are getting into Riverdale in an episode that... Nothing Boy. in this episode is the way that things work. <laughs> and I feel like I just have to say, now, yeah. it doesn't work like that, generally, about everything. Because otherwise, <laughs> I'm just going to say it for the entire episode. Yeah. Nothing works this way. And even the things that do work this way, they do in the wrong way. Yes. Like, there's moments where something will happen and you'll be like, that actually, you're correct about. But then they just take another step and you're like, well, no. <laughs> You've taken but. it too far. Huh. But okay. I mean, this episode did bring us the return of Glenn. Yeah, return of Glenn and return of Jackson. That actually, I mean, that the first, essentially, the first episode, whatever, the, the, the fourth episode is the, folding back into it. The now. chickens that took off in that episode have come home to be chickens. <laughs> and the chickens are Glenn and Eric. The thing that happens a lot of farms, chickens just leave farms and come back, and you're like, good, the chickens came back. <laughs> the chickens have come to roost. We'd, I mean, it's a phrase, it has to be real. I, had, I feel like it'd be something different, not just the chickens have left the farm and then they come back later. I, I guess this is what free-range chickens are. I think chickens take journeys. Isn't that what Chicken Little is about? I'm uh, Okay, yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I don't know what Chicken Little is about. It's the sky is falling on. Well, that chicken leaves the farm. <laughs> you are correct, that chicken does leave the farm. <laughs> There's also Rockadoodle Doo, which is about a rooster who's Elvis. A rooster's not a, rooster is not a chicken. Rooster is a boy chicken. I know it is, but like when you when you say chicken, you mean a chicken. I do mean, you mean a chicken. A rooster, you mean a rooster. So, audience, if you have stories about chickens that leave the farm, I <laughs> guess we want those. No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. There is nothing. There is nothing about the about chickens in this in this show. I will say. Uh, going on our quantum scale of Riverdale, mm. this episode, Riverdale is small again. Riverdale has become tiny. Again, yeah. 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 But next episode, I'm sure it will be big. Yeah, I'm sure it will be huge again. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, we could probably just get right right into it. This episode gave me and Aaron a lot of, lot of things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. lot of screaming at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that fits pretty well because, Aaron, this is Riverdale Season 5, Episode 7, Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky. This episode begins, and Kevin was completely correct with his prediction that we will not see... The fallout. We will see the fallout of the fire, yeah. but we will not. We'll not see the act. We'll, we'll, we'll cut back in, and they're just sort of looking at it. Okay, so to put in perspective, what actually happened last episode is they set two fires. One at the back door, and one, one at, at the, the front, front door. door. And these fires were walls of flame. This is what made me think that the entire house was on fire, but no, they were really concentrated Oh, so concentrated on those doors, because they put them out with fire extinguishers. They were skinny fires, but tall fires. This episode has the weirdest line writing of every episode. Jughead's line is, well, thank God we had 
one fire extinguisher at the front door and one fire extinguisher at the back door. I'm like, I don't feel like I need to know that if you could just say we had a fire extinguisher. He also very specifically points out that Luke Perry Andrews put those fire extinguishers in place, which is wild because I guess the ghoulies, while not having respect for the house, did have respect for fire extinguishers. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They're, they're monsters, but they understand the importance of fire safety. And, you know, I guess in the States, everyone has fire extinguishers and this is like a thing you should have and it's very important. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have one. Do you have one? Uh, no, I don't have a fire extinguisher. I mean, they're very important for, like, grease fires, if you're going to be doing a lot of things like that, because you can't mm-hmm. throw water on a grease fire. You have to you know, hit, it with a, hit it with a fire extinguisher. Maybe I need a fire extinguisher. I mean, Maybe you, I've you, learned something from Riverdale. I mean, you can just get, like, a small one. I was actually thinking that a while back. I'm like, well, I guess we could just get, like, a small fire extinguisher just to... Throw in my pantry and just to have. Yeah, they got a little tiny ones. I think you can probably get a Canadian tire. But anyway, this is not about that. Archie, in in having nothing to do with the fire, the fire's just done now, and there'll be no repercussions from it. Nope. He has found the dustiest picture. I thought they're trying to imply that it was covered in ash, but I'm like, how is that possible? Your house didn't burn down. Well, the ghoulies don't have respect for the space, but they also don't go in the attic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. This this house still feels like it's their house. It doesn't feel like the seven years of the ghoulies living in it has actually affected the house in any way. Also, why didn't Molly Ringwald Andrews clear out her personal stuff before renting out the house? I I don't know, Aaron. It doesn't matter. Unfortunately, it's not how any of this works. So, um, so he finds the dustiest picture, and it turns out his grandfather Artie, who we actually have met in a dream sequence. Correct. Yes. that's right. Um, Artie was a fireman because the only way they know to get Archie involved in things is by having to have a family member who has done it. That is how Archie works. Archie could not just be like, you know what? This town needs a firefighter. No, he had to look at a photo and realize, my God, I have firefighting in my blood, which means I can be a firefighter. <laughs> Archie cannot have independent hopes and dreams. They must be related to the past. I don't understand the, how they do its motivation. Anyway, his grandfather has passed, but he points at the chief, which yeah. is unreal. Once again, we didn't have to do that. He could have just known there was a fire chief. But he's like, look at that man. He was a rookie then, but then he became the fire chief for 20 years. Yeah. And you know what? Bless Jughead, who in this, who in this <laughs> moment is like, oh, you found a photo of your grandfather being a fireman? Well, I know what's going to happen now. Sure. Can I just say, Jughead is like a character I've been mostly indifferent to. He yeah. was a really annoying teenager. Yeah. I love grown-up Jughead. Grown-up Jughead is pretty great. Um, I love and- his relationship with Tabitha. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. My favorite thing about his relationship with Tabitha is that in this in this epi- or episode, this, this new adult season, two people working at a diner together solving mysteries in their off time feels like the most high school thing yes. like if you t- like if they had done this and it was that Jughead is a 16 year old and Tabitha is a 16 year old and they got to know each other at a diner and now he's writing a story about like folklores of his town discovering weird mysteries yeah that would have been very fitting seven years ago but instead seven years ago Archie was doing the mar- mafia and Jughead was leading a biker gang <laughs> yeah it's Anyway. anyway, so um, while this is going on, I guess Betty and Kevin and her mom are busy visiting 
Colonel Jr., who's still the creepiest mortician who ever has creeped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? Good for Colonel Jr. He's he's kept it good these years. He's still giving the weirdest expositions, because when they ask, is this body Polly's? He goes, your sister has been missing for one week. This body has been in the swamp for three years. Like, wow, (laughs) that's not how a human being... And you didn't actually like you answered the question in a very roundabout way. It it it, it feels like if he had went to like a fast food restaurant, they'd be like, "Well, what are, what can I get you, Danny?" He's like, "Your chicken meal is combo number five. I will have combo number two. Okay. Thanks, Colonel. <laughs> Thanks, sir. So Betty will figure out." Who this body is? Yeah, yeah. Before they go and go and burn it, they're, they're actually weird. They're... they're really into cremating things this episode <laughs> because fire is a theme, I guess. Yeah, I mostly just like they're very upset. Like when he says, "Like oh, well, no one's claimed it, so we're going to go cremate it." Alice and Betty like have this look. Like my God, you're just no one knows what it is. And Aaron, maybe this is a response to our repeated mention of the mutilated boy. <laughs> Could be because the the amount they're horrified, like you're just going to ignore a dead body. You should follow up with that. Perhaps there should be a storyline related to this. <laughs> it's like, oh god, no! They're listening to us. They become <laughs> sentient. <laughs> they know. They know. They know. Uh, we're gonna move from there to you know we've never had a wide shot of Hiram's. We're at Hiram's office. We never had a wide shot of his office. I love his weird 1950s office. Yeah, they've done some things right. What is this place? It looks like the Brady House. I say it's like Mad Men esque. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, Veronica has dressed up to go into the 1950s. Yeah, well, she knew what she was doing. She <laughs> put on her armor to go into war against her father. Yeah, and he ha- and he has like a putting green in there, and he has like he's holding onto his putter because he's be- he's regressed to the comic book version of Hiram, and I am here for it. So essentially, Veronica's like so. Archie Andrews' house almost burned down, except that he has fire extinguishers, huh? Why are you setting fires everywhere, Dad? So apparently, as Veronica has mentioned here, that there's been a rash of arsons. Not just the one at the school and the one at Archie's house. No, remember what Tony said? There's always a fire burning somewhere (laughs) in Riverdale. So is the implication that Hiram has four years just send people out to light just little fires? Yeah, so people will leave. Well, the problem is we've been introduced to the fires. I mean, I guess we were introduced to the fire by the fact that the... You know, the fire hall was on fire. But we introduced the fires because Hiram did a very targeted attack against the high school. So, but I guess Hiram has just been burning down things that Veronica loves for years. It's so weird to think the mayor of a town just being like, yeah, go burn some stuff. Do it. (laughs) Down. Um, Veronica's idea here, her claim, is that he's doing this to drive the last of the people out of Riverdale so that Sodale is the only game... In, in town, town, and she doesn't go any further to explain what she thinks that means for two towns. Now, let me tell you, it's because no one knows what Hiram is doing, including Hiram. <laughs> oh, yeah, he he will make some insinuations in this episode where he's like, this is all a smokescreen. And I'm like, cool, it's nice that you've implied that you're doing more, but it's been 
five or four or five episodes of us seeing you do this, and I have no concept of what your plan could possibly be. I swear, his only plan is I'm mad at Veronica, so I'm taking away something she likes, and that's the town she lived in. <laughs> that's what he means, a smokescreen. Sodale and the Turnpike, it's all a smokescreen for... For punishing his daughter. his daughter. So, while this is going on, Archie goes to meet my acting coach from university. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, David Lorraine. He uh, he taught my senior level acting class. I th- think I've met David Lorraine. You probably have. He does a lot of stuff in Calgary. He works in med skills. Is, is, is he the one who does the, um, all the voice work? Yes. Then I took a class with David Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Archie does not go to meet an, meet an acting coach. He goes to, he meet, goes to meet Chief Russell. Who is played by is, our acting coach. Played by our acting coach, <laughs> David Lorraine. Uh Vancouver. <laughs> um, so he Archie's like, hey, why don't you come back? And now Chief Russell is like, no, just no. Yeah, he's like. I'm in my 50s, and Hiram Lodge burned down my firehouse. Yeah, so not only did he shut down the fire department, he firebombed the firehouse, which is an insane thing for a human being to do. Especially at that time, Veronica didn't care. Well, not only at that time, he had... He says here he also shot shut down the fire department. He's like, okay, no more fire department. And they're like, that's a weird thing to do. They also... Burned it. <laughs> he he knows it's Hiram. He, Hiram is a cartoon villain. He is. So um, Archie's like, well, that's fine. I guess I'll just run a fire department myself out of my yeah. gym, well, which is now a gym and not a community center. Yeah, it's also not a gym. Nope. <laughs> Archie Archie will later sort of say what his the things he needs. He needs obviously volunteers. He needs a fire engine and needs someone to train them because he yeah. has a space. And what he really wants is he wanted the chief to train, yeah, train firefighters because the... Archie doesn't. At least Archie knows he does not know how to fight yeah. fires. For once, Archie is like, huh. I'll just figure it out. He's like, I should... I'm a man now. I know I need training. I know how to ask for help when I need it. Yeah, I've, I've punched ice. I can also punch fire. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to move from this into... The, the worst storyline. The, the darkest story... Not the darkest. The dumbest storyline, which is... Heading into Tony and the Vixens. So she's doing some training with the Vixens. And then in bus Cheryl Blossom because she's furious that a cheerleading squad exists. Yeah, so this is a personal affront to her. Yeah, she she see the the implication you get from Tony and her talking is that Cheryl likes likes the cheerleading team. She's upset that she's not the one running it. Which means Cheryl has continued to be the worst person in existence. Remember, she didn't want July 4th to happen because it made it made her upset. And then she didn't want any of these teens to have, like, a cheerleading team. Unless if she eventually got around to wanting to run it. Which also, like, Cheryl, um, do you have police clearance <laughs> to work with minors? <laughs> No, you. Anyway, Cheryl has a dance off against oh. a teen. Oh yeah. So so the way that they decide that, like, well, I want to run the Vixens, and Tony's like, no, I'm a teacher. <laughs> well, the only way that we can solve this is a dance off. And Tony, a full grown adult at this point, does not go. No, that's dumb. I work for the school. Leave. I do what I want. You're not allowed on campus. Instead. Tony's like, no, I'm pregnant. I can't dance with you. So instead, just a champion dances. 
And they have the the vixens decide who wins, and these idiot vixens don't just not applaud for Cheryl. They don't know who she is. She's a random yeah, crazy lady. Why would they care about this woman who, to be fair, is a worse dancer than the teenager? And they and they keep on having they they or they keep on. They mention that she keeps on just showing up at their practice to harass them. Why would they clap for her? This is so dumb. It's so dumb. And and this also makes no sense. So what, for the last seven years, has Cheryl just been doing her own cheerleading routine just to keep herself like spry? Because I thought she was busy painting all the time. It. <laughs> also, Tony set aside the funding for the Vixens last year. Mm-hmm. So for a year, Tony's been like, eventually I'll lure, lure I, Cheryl out of her hiding. I will say, I think the idea is that she set it aside last year to use it for this. Like, she like during the, the budget meeting last year. Was so it's she been set, like a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, it's weird. She took a while for her to get set up. But then when Cheryl's, I was like, oh, I guess it's a tie. So we both run it. Tony doesn't go, no, I'm a teacher, you're a random woman who's harassing teenagers, no, this is illegal. No, Tony smiles because this is part of Tony's plan. She's using the vixens to... to... get her ex-girlfriend back? I I guess, and that just feels trashy not only just for the vixens, but for the other people that she pushed aside to use their limited school funding to get her girlfriend back. So, uh, sorry about your football team, Archie. Yeah. So, speaking of Archie, Archie and Veronica have a little catch-em-up where he's like, oh, man, it's so hard to do anything in this town. And Veronica... Have you, have you noticed that this town is bad? And Veronica's like, let me solve your problems once again. <laughs> Remember this other TV show that got canceled? Yeah. Ver- <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why this bugged me so much. Ver- the way that Veronica will help him is that she fortunately has contacts. It's weird that they do Veronica has contacts... As a thing. Um, she's always seemed like her thing was she had money, but I yeah, guess... Yeah, but n- money is contacts. Yeah. So, Katie's roommate, Jorge, which... he Was was he the, was he the trash one that we didn't like? The one yeah, he, we the, hated Jorge. Yeah, yeah. Jorge was the one who was not good at being an actor. Yep. <laughs> didn't <laughs> not, not, know how to act. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did the but, dance routine wrong and then yelled at the casting director. Because they did like that he, he did the dance routine wrong. Um, so, apparently his boyfriend... Is a New York firefighter. So his boyfriend will come to Riverdale and teach the volunteer firemen how to firefight. For two days. Two days. <laughs> and then I guess he'll leave. She also has a completely unrelated plan to get jobs into the town, which is child labor. <laughs> yep. So she goes on into her economy class, yep. economics class, and is like, hey, guys, we're going to revitalize the economy. So how about all of you renovate the creepy video store into my jewelry how, store? How about, yeah, how about we start up a new business in the town that will definitely hire more than three people by getting, by just exploiting the labor of your students? Free child labor in exchange for not having to write the midterm. <laughs> That's not legal. No, you know what? Riverdale well, High deserves to be shut down. Nothing they're doing at the school is legal. Here's, here's the thing. Well, Aaron, it's a private school now. They can do whatever they want. Ugh. Here's the thing that I'll get with this. And I don't think this technically is illegal because they're a private school. They can kind of do this. I'm sure it's not great. Uh, but what I'll say is, that, like, if they had said more of Veronica being so morally gray and criminal, I'd be mm. like, cool. But they're not... They they always set her up as like she is some the weird... paragon of virtue. Yeah, which 
Which is, she's not. And they keep portraying her as, like, she's always, she has this moral high ground over Hiram. And yet she's manipulating her students. Yeah. And they don't even portray it as all that bad. bad. No, the students are the bad guys in this story. And not only that, the students seem like, they're like, oh... Look, she look how look how clever she is. What a <laughs> what a good and smart. Just exploiting the the youths for free labor. This is what unions were made for. <laughs> but we have no time to dwell on that because we have yet another storyline in this episode. Yeah, this episode or this uh, yeah episode, not even the season. I guess this season has a problem of the no storylines overlap, so yeah. they all feel so disjointed. So let's. Just get another weird joint in here. So Jughead is busy hanging out with his new best friend, Tabitha. Yeah. At work, where they both work. Yeah, and where he they both work. shows her all of these news articles he found about the Mothman, because I guess he <laughs> did just need to literally ask anyone. Yeah, turns out it is a very popular thing. Although my question is, Kevin, why is he handing her physical newspapers from the 1960s? I don't know, Aaron. It's 2027, but it's also not. <laughs> I mean, this. I guess they don't have microfiche in Riverdale because it's all times but no times. You think he would pull it up on like an iPad or something because it's 2027, even in small towns. You think? But I mean, it's uh, Riverdale. Look, Riverdale's always been anachronistic, and that's kind of part of the charm of it. But I don't know why this bothered me so much, but I was like, what? Anyway, so he shows her a couple articles, and you know, she's still kind of like a doubter because you know you got to have that balance there. Um, but he says, look, there was one person there who saw it. And I think we should talk to him. They never say it. It's clearly pop taste. Because he's all like smiley, like, oh, I think you can get me an interview. Ha ha. <laughs> I love Tabitha and Jughead. It, it, it's great. It's a, it's a pretty great working relationship. I love that they, that they also, they do it like during their shift. So they're wearing yeah. their clothes and they're like, also, we got to work our shift. I mean, there's not a lot of people who work here at Pops anymore. It's great. Archie comes home from his sad day of not being able to be a fireman. Mm-hmm. And his buddy from the first episode, Eric. Yeah. Eric, Eric Jackson. Eric Jackson has arrived in town. With he, a shotgun. <laughs> sniper rifle. Yep. He's a sniper. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's the, Okay. I also noticed that. It, it is literally a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He walks into town just with a sniper hung over his shoulder, which... I understand, yes, there's open carry things. It's so weird, though, because you would never see someone walking around with a gun in Canada. Yeah. Um, but also, it's very clearly Chekhov's gun. It's it's so that when he appears with it later, it doesn't come out of anywhere. So at least they did some setup. Uh, but he uh, he's going to enter into a VA house, but he thought he'd come in and hang out with Archie for a while. And Archie loves it. Yeah. Uh, In fact, Archie's going to go hang out with a bunch of his buddies, so let's put that gun down and not bring it to the bar. <laughs> let's not bring that gun to the bar. And then let's go hang out with Archie's friends in the White Worm 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I'll, don't, I'll bring you to the bar that exists beneath a diner. You'll like it. <laughs> You'll like it. Uh, Betty has returned with uh, with some more information. Which is that in the past seven <laughs> years, only one woman has gone missing in Riverdale. And I refuse to believe that. Yeah, absolutely you, you not. Have, like, you, you have one police officer and apparently a serial killer going around, and he's only ever taken one woman? One? Like, I understand the squeaky... One, Betty? I understand the squeaky, they don't know about her because she said, she said I'm leaving town. Mm-hmm. But how many times over the last seven years has that happened? Like, come on. One person? One person. But you know what? Even when this it comes in the scene, it seems like one person? <laughs> yeah. So, 
Uh, it's uh, it's Margaret Harper. Yes. Yes. Um, unfortunately, that's not who this missing girl is. This is the third missing girl. And as Betty says, that's a pattern. Thanks, Betty. Thanks, Betty. <laughs> Put that FBI training to use. So Archie introduces Eric to his buddies. And then he's mm-hmm. like, hey, friends, I have another scheme. Remember how I made a militia once? This time I'm doing something good. <laughs> what if we do a volunteer fire department? Anybody want in? Kevin's like, no. And then Fang's like, no. And then two other gentlemen are also like, there. And they say no. And I've never seen them. <laughs> I've never seen them before. To the point, I think they're ghosts because Jackson nods at one, but Archie and Kevin and Fangs will never look at them. <laughs> maybe and they're Jackson's hallucinations. Maybe. Where's mm. Sweet Pea? I guess he's on the road in his truck. Yeah, he's a trucker. But like. <laughs> he's got a trucker thing to do. Why can't Sweet Pea be invited to be a firefighter? Anyway, none of them want to. So um, Betty decides to like. She knows the body is not Margaret. Yeah. But she decides to interview Margaret's mother to try to figure out what's been going on in Riverdale. How did Margaret disappear? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, because Margaret's still a missing person. Mm -hmm. Like, when it comes down to it, she's been missing for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she said, yeah, she's been missing for three years. Three years. Yeah. And, like, it's it's kind of a standard story that Margaret started to fall into things. She wasn't very close with she, her mom after she started going with the truckers. Yeah, it's so th- they're kind of setting up, like, oh, there's a bad thing with the truckers, but also the serpents are the truckers. But, so, like, so there's good truckers and, and bad truckers? It's it's just, in, like, I understand, like, the idea that that's supposed to just be emblematic of, you know, we know it's a truck driver is the... Um, bad guy because we've mm. seen the skull truck, but, but it's making we- <laughs> the serpents truckers as well because it feels like it would solve a lot of the problems because you have a, some someone that we trust. We outwardly because Tony we know the serpents are good because Tony is the leader of the serpents and the serpents follow everything she says. So like it feels like it's the same thing we have and- with the problem with Squeaky leaving. It's like why didn't a serpent? If you're going to get a ride with a trucker. Why didn't a serpent take you? And that's the thing. Like, we know the serpents are good people, and we know the truckers have a community. So I yeah. don't understand why the serpents are not. It, it's got to be. It's got to tie up together, right? It's got to tie up at some point. No, it's not going to. All right. Uh, anyway, this brings. Uh, God, Betty's just going to go on like a trail of peanuts here. She gets the next peanut she gets is Tony. Tony, Tony. was her social worker. She's a godsend. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. So we should go talk to her eventually. Meanwhile, we have a dumb short scene where Veronica wants Cheryl to design something. Veronica asks Cheryl how her art skills are, and Cheryl has never shown art skills before, except for in her secret, like, forgery. Do we forget? No, Cheryl was not good at art in high school. Yeah, that was not a thing that Cheryl was known for, was art skills, so why is Veronica having Cheryl... And why does Veronica know this about Cheryl? Because as far as we know, only... Tony has only told Archie this creepy story. Well, We've never seen Tony and Veronica interact. The implication seems to be that that Cheryl has always been good good at art. She's just, like, changing it around. So now she's doing forgery, and no one knows, but Veronica remembers, like, her art skills. But she never was an artist! <laughs> uh, anyway, she needs to do something on a printing plate, because Veronica has a further idea. But before we get to that, Eric Jackson goes to visit Archie's class. Yeah. And this will begin a trend of... Jackson telling heartwarming stories about how, what a good heart Archie has. Yes, Jackson lo- lost his leg because from a grenade, but Archie saved him from losing more. So I guess that's what probably put them both in the. Yeah, Archie must have tackled him away or something. Yeah. 
Classic uh, Archie. And in a scene that's actually well done, but could have, but like they, they put some extra work in it to not make it bad. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Jackson mentions the fire department, and the ROTC kid's like, oh, I mean, do you want help with the fire department? And Archie goes, no. No, you're kids. You're kids. And, and you do football. And they're like, well, you do school in football too. He's like, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then he says, like, but you have to be 16 and you need your parents' permission. Like, just those extra layers makes this entire thing work more. This is why grown-up Archie is so attractive to me. Yeah. He's acting like a reasonable, functional adult. I was like, how he says, my own friends turned me down. And I'm like, I honestly did not think Kevin and Fangs were your friends. Yeah. And I don't know who the other two guys were, so. Why wasn't Jughead there? <laughs> I mean, Jughead's not going to join your fire department. Well, no, he told you. And he's got other things to do. But. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's continue on with Veronica's plan. So, her plan is to essentially, she's going to make a local script. She's going to yeah. print, she's going to have to print their own money. And here's the weirdest thing about this. This sounds like Veronica, like, oh, I'm going to print my own money. Sounds like the weirdest thing, like the craziest thing she's ever done. But, but this is actually not. Dumb. It's, it's not unheard of. Like, local currencies are things that constantly exist. I, I do not know enough about Riverdale's status to think that it would work. I mean, even in the real world, it's unclear how much. But it's a way to build local economy, to, a way to, like, reinvest in the place where you're from. Yeah. The, the, the problems that you run into with it, and that should be more exacerbated, is that as we get further along, it doesn't work anymore. It worked really well back in, like, the Depression. Mm-hmm. But now we're in a world of, like, Everything's ordering... so interconnected. Well, you and, order things online. And also, stores usually are taking credit and debit. Like, a lot of places don't even take cash. Cash anymore so it's not a terrible idea and it kind of works in the world of riverdale because riverdale exists in all times and no times and if for this episode riverdale is a small town so this is not a terrible idea do you know that calgary has its own uh money we have a local we have a calgary dollar it went uh digital in 2018 it's been around since 1995 apparently I'll have to look more into this. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a thing that that exists. It does revitalize. We see it actually in COVID. There's been towns that put those things out. Yeah. The problem they run into is that a lot of the research says a lot of these businesses, they'll take the money, then they'll just go to the bank and switch it out for... For money. Which is why the reason why the when the script usually works the best, and this is where I think Veronica got her idea from, is corporate script, which is illegal and mm. sucks. And that's what Hiram will bring up, but we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, and and also it's 2027. It's shocking to me it's not a cryptocurrency. She didn't like... I know! I thought it was going to be a cryptocurrency. Well, and like the sense that I got from like the little spoilers was that it, it was. <laughs> but people were just using shorthand, oh, I guess. I, didn't, I, didn't read that. I just, when, when, when she started printing her own money and explaining it, I'm like... It's, this, is set, this is supposed to be six years after this moment right now. Yeah. You're telling me that they just suddenly get to like, all right, we're going to make river bucks. It's a cryptocurrency, so we're going to get a whole bunch of servers together and start mining. (laughs) (laughs) But then they'd have to explain what cryptocurrency is, and no one can explain what cryptocurrency is. So instead, her child laborers will just get paid for their work, but with Riverdale bucks. (laughs) Which means she is definitely doing corporate script. Uh, 100%. (laughs) 100%. You cannot pay people in script. You can pay for things with script. 
but you can't pay people. Yeah, that's but against... The, these people don't work for her. They're children. <laughs> They're doing it for a class project. And she's paying them in fake money. Yeah. Yeah, this... Okay. <sighs> well, while this is going on, Betty arrives home yeah. to muddy footprints because Alice Cooper has been busy wandering around the mud. Uh, Alice, Alice went neck deep in the swamp and found Polly's phone. So that's good. Yeah. So they take it to uh, to Tony. Essentially, and tell until and, and you know, ask Tony about Margaret, and uh, this essentially is all just to rope Tony and the serpents in to just go search the swamp. Yeah, Tony does point out that girls that go missing in Riverdale often don't get reported. Yes, so that solves our problem of yeah, there's just one, yeah, just one, <laughs> just, just one, one, just, just one, one, just one. That's weird. Uh, so at least Margaret did get reported. <laughs> Great, good for her. While this is going on in another st- storyline, Jughead and Tabitha interview Pops, and we get a flashback. Of young Pops, whose name is Pop. I always assumed that it was like Pops, you know, like the term of yeah. Dear Infernal. Hey, Pops, like the very 1950s thing. No, he is at this point a young man, and his name tag says Pop. His name is Pop Tate. That's his name. His, his, this, his name is Pop Tate. Okay. Now, this flashback scene is actually pretty well shot. Like, I think it's really cool. It's yeah. very evocative of, like... It's very, like, uh, what's it? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. The, they, they show all these things, like... So what happens is that, essentially, like, lights go off and, electri- like, electronics start going wild. Here's the one thing that they'll never mention that I will repeatedly be like, this is actually the weirdest thing. Like, Jughead would be like, oh, the jukebox went off and like things like that. Mm-hmm. The mechanical gumball machine. That sends s- all the gumballs. Yeah, it spins. spins. It spins in its slot and just gumballs shoot out. There's no electronics in that. There's nothing in that that like shaking should do. That is an insane thing to happen and they never mention and it. And here's the thing. This is Riverdale, so they're going to make us think there's magic in this world, but there's not going to be magic, and they're going to come up with some sort of dumb explanation for being like, this is why it happened. I have a prediction. Do you want to do it now? Yes, let's do it. I think this is whatever Hiram's doing. I think he's like mining something over in Sodale, and it's causing earthquakes, and it's knocking out electricity. Or he's doing some sort of test because Pop does say that like military, military yeah. testing is was what he thought caused this chaos. Yeah, and they say there's lights from the sky, but those are helicopters, obviously, yeah. is revealed as. But the spinning of the gumball machine is insane. It's so creepy. I it was my favorite part, but <laughs> yeah. they will not talk about it. So um Pop uh says that he that the, the lights never came back. He kind of wishes they came back. But he wasn't the only one who saw this. Who else in Riverdale is approximately the same age as Pop Tate? <laughs> well, it's un- <laughs> there's no way to know because ages are fluid in Riverdale. Aaron, this was 50 years ago. This is right as everyone else was being born. That's true. <laughs> so who's left? Nana Rose. Nana Rose was also there, which I... F- I guess that wasn't in the paper. I mean, that makes sense. The Blossoms aren't going to let her interview. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. No. No. But she was there. (gasps) But first, we're going to have some firefighter training. Yeah. This is a grown man, Kevin. This is a grown man. (laughs) This is a a full grown man. (laughs) He's so grown. Yeah, they got the the buffest man existence to be this firefighter. And he will uh, explain that, you know, it's about teamwork. Which will be followed up by everybody watching Archie work out. <laughs> yeah, so 
they have to work as a team and the team is only as strong as its weak link but there will be no weak link and there's a montage but it's the montage is just them watching archie work out do the thing with the ropes yeah and then we then after that we cut over it it's like veronica printing her cryptocurrency with her child slaves and then her child slaves use some of the cryptocurrency and jughead's like why do why was I paid at Pop Tates with money with Veronica's face so on way, it? The way she's injecting it into the economy is by paying the workers who are renovating her business mm-hmm. to go and put out in the economy. Do you know how script usually gets in the economy? You just give it to people. It's like yeah. the way they did the COVID uh, one is that if you had lost a certain amount of money um, during COVID, they essentially gave you that amount too. Like, yeah. Pick up again. But I don't think just in g- giving it to 16-year-olds who you are making renovate your jewelry store is injecting it into the population. Well, and she has a deal with the stores that they can either give the money back to her. Which is that, that one-for-one buyback I was talking about. And then about. she'll give them real money or they can keep using it. So yeah. Tabitha pays Jughead in Veronica bucks. Well, no, he, she says she won't pay him and then she does pay him in it. I know. Which is weird. And then he uses the Veronica bucks to buy whiskey. Which you can't do! <laughs> so they are appearing to suggest in this episode, I think, that Jughead has a drinking problem. Yeah. However, he only drinks at nighttime, which is a normal time to drink. <laughs> I mean, the, here's the thing. like We were talking about like, Alice drinking problem and Jughead. It's been... We've never really mentioned Jughead because it seems pretty obvious he does. He has the writer's drinking yeah, problem. And He's constantly pouring it into his... Into his coffee and stuff. Yeah. But I'm, like, not troubled by it because I'm, like, <laughs> it's not impeding his ability to function. Unlike Alice, who apparently can't deal with 10-year-olds and thinks they're toddlers. Yeah, and so needs to drink that much. Anyway, yeah, so that's that's the, how the whole injection will work. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Cheryl, back in a dumb storyline, has... A, gone overboard in the vixen training she thinks they need to do two a days so they can compete she's, even she's boot camping them is what she's even doing Even though we saw what her version of the vixen, vixens looked like and they could never compete in cheer competitions so get out of here cheryl you're useless yeah it's it's they're once again they're doing some retconning where they're pretending that cheryl actually did like a uh, want her vixens to be able to compete and no she just wanted them to dance and be like the and, most popular kids in school and sing yeah she had no interest in when the, someone came and be like hey i can bring your team to, to the next level she said no instead i will dance so um she pushes them too far they're running around the girl one girl herself. falls then the school has a nurse good i mean it, it seems like of all the things in this town that's gone down medicine has not the hospital's still open the hospital's still open curdle has a job there's a nurse at the school yeah um so tony kicks cheryl out yeah because Obviously, 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 it does seem like. Well, what is Tony? Because at this point, it seems like maybe it wasn't her plan to lure Cheryl out. It's hard to say, and I can't parse out what Tony wants. <laughs> anyway, Tony needs to go right from this. I, mean, I don't think she actually goes because she's pregnant. She doesn't want to go into a swamp. There's all sort of diseases in no, there. No, but the search for Polly continues mm. until Hiram rolls on up. Hiram and the boys roll up in a jeep <laughs> because I guess they're trespassing on his land does he <laughs> and the weird thing is that it never gets fully confirmed whether or not he I mean, owns the swamp well, he, he does they do say later that his plan is to brick it over and build another turnpike <laughs> he's just gonna surround so dale turnpikes on every side well, but we saw a map 
of this the like the swamp is way out in like in the what what road is connecting to this yeah, to make to what end to use the turnpike now that's that's a little bit nitpicky because we do not know the layout of this this area um but i feel like hiram just like storms into places <laughs> and says things and people go oh yeah well going along with that uh keller brings up well, this is a crime scene, and Hiram's like, "Well, you're outside of your jurisdiction," which I don't think he is. No, I'm pretty sure because because, because you the... unincorporated the town, he's now the county sheriff, and he's the only sheriff in the county. So, so whose jurisdiction is it if not his? Because guess what, Hiram? Now that you unincorporated the town, I think Keller is your sheriff for Sodale. Yeah, I think he's still your sheriff, but now, but now he's just state, like the state. You you don't have control over him. He's now the state. Hiram really thing. messed up by incorporating the town he lost all of his power over riverdale yeah um and then <laughs> here's what i love betty shows her fbi badge and hiram kind of like like is like ah they got a crackerjack box and here's the thing i'm not sure if he's calling her bluff on having because she doesn't have fbi back but back up i'm not sure if he's calling her bluff or if he literally does not believe Betty's an FBI agent. I'm going to guess it's the second because there is a scene later that we can just talk about now where Betty yeah. calls Glenn for help. Yeah. And Glenn seems to approve of her mission. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's like, keep doing it. And well, I, I mean, I think she he call, she calls her to say she'd be like, I got to make this formal. Yeah. And he's like, like, he seems to imply that if you make, like, you can't make it formal because we got other things we have to deal with. Like, it's not enough for the FBI mm-hmm. to to roll in but she's allowed to do it on her own with their backing and he even says he tried to help her yeah well i i it's i'll give him this it's that weird thing where like i don't think she has official fbi backing but she's got like friends who are like as long as you don't cause too much of a ruckus Mm -hmm. we'll kind of like under the table and i think they would back her up if things really popped off I, i i hope so as well like if you could actually prove this is a serial killer then Presumably the FBI would do that. But anyway, Alice and Betty and Keller decide to back off <laughs> for a short period of time. Fine, 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 because all these people with shotguns. Yeah. Yeah, they have big guns. Yeah, yeah. Big guns. And Reggie is there because Reggie's always there. <laughs> so this is followed up by a return to the alien storyline where mm-hmm. Tabitha and Jughead interview Nana Rose. Yep. Nana Rose is certain that what they experienced was the Mothman because she found the body of one mm-hmm. right she, after that night she found a hideously mis- misshapen body in the forest and then the mothman came to try visit to her and get the body and <laughs> it's it's weird because i don't know if we're supposed to be like oh nana rose is kind of kind of kooky because she because that she was she, she's not has kooky been any, but she's not kooky anymore and she's not been poisoned anymore i don't know um anyway, they came to but i told my burned it but i didn't burn it <laughs> I preserved it. In maple syrup. Uh, I can try to find the barrel for you. And I'm like, that's... Okay, two things. Two huge things. One, that's not how maple maple syrup works. Um, And spoiler (laughs) alert, when we see the body eventually, that's that's not how how maple maple syrup syrup works. works. (laughs) Like, it has rotted. It has not preserved at all. Yeah, she was completely wrong. But I love the idea of this wild blossom family that's just like we'll put it in maple syrup and maple syrup causes all ills do you think when they were babies they were like given maple syrup oh absolutely as, you know, like rub it on their gums just be like this will solve your when, colic when they're crying they're like here's the maple here's syrup maple syrup they all have diabetes absolutely um <laughs> but two two 
Um, didn't the police, like, raid this place trying to find heroin that was hidden in all the barrels? Yeah. Are you telling me they didn't open the one barrel? Also, the house <laughs> got chaotic burned down. <laughs> I mean, but the, the barn wasn't in the house. We knew Or maybe where... she kept it somewhere in the basement. They have all those crypts. And... I don't know. It just seems like... With the fact that we know that the police raided this place, cracking open barrels, trying to find heroin. Maybe they, they me- cracked <laughs> open that barrel and they were like, nope, can't <laughs> deal with that today. <laughs> Keller was like, I don't have the I don't have the mental bandwidth for this. <laughs> oh God, I love that. Just Keller puts a crowbar <laughs> in the top of it, pops it open, goes, nope. <laughs> you saw nothing. All right, everyone. No this- one saw that, right? <laughs> this is still 2017. Things haven't gone particularly weird. <laughs> we're going to just call this one. We're just going to keep looking for heroin. We're going to keep moving. Whatever that was can stay in the barrel, and I'll <laughs> deal with it later. And then 10 years went by. <laughs> I would love, <laughs> even like a couple episodes from now, Jughead's like, yeah, they had a body in a barrel. And Keller's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, they did have a body in a barrel. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm going to be honest. I saw that. I was just like, it's not my problem, not my concern. Jughead, it's real hard to be the sheriff in this town. <laughs> All right. So back in um, uh, Veronica's class, she's essentially giving them, like, a cool update. Like, yo, there's now 50,000 river dollars in the economy, which is way too much to begin with. Just <laughs> And so these kids spent $50,000 on Pop Tate's food in, like, two days? Well... So behind her is a uh, is a list of like all the businesses that are currently involved, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read them out for you because please <laughs> do oh, some of them make sense. So this pops obviously. Yeah, the El Royale Boxing Gym, which doesn't exist. Accurate. We, we've seen it. Yeah, a homeless man wanders in there later, being like, "You guys are open. What is oh. this? The White Worm." Okay. Which, which the, children the, can't children go to. Children can't go to, so that's just the hope eventually. And also, you can't buy alcohol with Scrip. Unless you're Jughead. <laughs> uh, the pharmacy. Okay. The Bijou Theater. I think actually probably good for the theater. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the auto body shop. Uh, kids have cars. And the Five Seasons Hotel. What? Which, which is a chain. Which is, has to be a chain, right? How did she negotiate that one? <laughs> That's the one I'm like, no, no way. No way. He, I bet she walked into the Five Seasons Hotel and was like, hey, would you guys take our local currency? And they're like, why would a local person say in our, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because. It'll never come up. Because also, yeah, it's a, like, it's a, the only people who stay in the hotel who live in the town is usually Hiram because he's. he's kicked out of his home. Kicked out of his home. And I think Josie's mom stayed there when they were being stalked. <laughs> that That is true. I guess that's the place. Um, this is probably something that I actually didn't realize, and I have to apologize to the audience for. I've been calling the Pembroke a hotel because I thought that just, like, her family owned a hotel. It's an apartment complex. It's an apartment complex. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry for me. But then I started thinking about, like... Who's living in it? It's a luxury it's a apartment. luxury apartment complex. Who, who's who, still living in it? Who is rich? No one. Yeah. So, is it just so? And if it's just Veronica, there's no way that means that that place will stay open with just one person, unless if she we, owns it. She owns the entire building, which goes back to my original point of why can't she use all the other rooms in the building yeah. to help people? Veronica. Yeah, I, I looked at. They live in apartment three thirty. So. They live in apartment 330? The penthouse is 330? 
And it's unclear if it's a penthouse, actually, now that I think about it. I call Did it a penthouse. Did they just live in a normal apartment? <laughs> he's like, either that's a penthouse and it's huge, or that's a normal apartment and this entire place cannot stand in this terrible town. Does she live in Sodale? <laughs> <laughs> Veronica thinks she lives in Riverdale, but she doesn't realize it's Sodale. <laughs> yeah, the Pembroke does not make sense. <laughs> Anyway, um, they have they, this thing where Veronica's like, well, what do we do? How many more bills do we inject in? And the kids are like, 10,000. And she's like, no, that's too much. It will cause inflation. And then in pops Hiram, who's like, oh, I'm glad you figured out what inflation is. Yeah, he says that even I've never thought of printing, printing my own money. I'm like, yeah. Um, uh... Yeah, I mean... I mean, I bet you did consider it for Sodale, though. Oh, yeah, no. I'm surprised that Reggie isn't just paid in Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in the ongoing theme of, like, people who should not be in a school being in a school, he just, like, taunts her in front of her students for a while until she closes the door on Look, him. You're not, you're not the mayor of the town. You can't just... You can't just be here. Yeah. I, what, if, what if I called the cop on you? <laughs> I, I'll call Keller. I'll call the cop on you. He'll come. <laughs> I swear to God, he'll come. He has a jail. <laughs> and what you're doing now is actually illegal. Like, it's trespassing. Anyway, the thing is that this is a very dangerous thing because, as we know, Hiram does have infinite power. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, back at the boxing gym, Eric tells a story about how Archie loves dogs. Archie tried to feed a wolf. <laughs> He's like, no, it's a dog. Like, it was a wolf. It was a full wolf. <laughs> And then we meet a homeless man named Earl, and this is just so that we can connect to a homeless man. Yeah, it's he. This homeless man named Earl is just walking through the El Royale like the other direction. Like I don't know where he came from, but yeah. he rattles in, and he's like, "Oh, there's people here." And Archie's like, "I'm making a fire station." <laughs> he's like, "Well, good. This town needs a fire station." And then it sounds like he was hired by Archie. <laughs> to explain to these RRTC children about the importance of fire safety. Right. Like, I feel like he should be suddenly lit on fire. It's like, oh, that's why you have to be careful with open flames. It's why, and it's, this is the most heavy handed <laughs> thing that has ever happened. Oh, I mean, it gets a little bit more heavy handed. <laughs> So, um, this hey. is when Betty calls Glenn for help. We already talked about that. But Glenn, most of- her boyfriend? Anyway. The trash bag killer is back. He has reemerged in Tulsa, and it sets Betty off. So I think what they're doing is that they're actually she's or she's going to go really hard into this case because she can't deal with the other case. So yeah, she's very upset that uh, the T TBK has yeah. taken two girls already, and yeah, so like it's. Okay. And so she deals with her upset by going night searching. Yeah, she goes in the swamp alone. Now, Reggie has cashed in his Doritos and is now just walking the swamp alone. And then he's startled by Betty, and Betty's startled, startled by him. It, why does Reggie do everything? Why is he... He's the head of security. Why is he walking the swamp alone? So that Reggie can have a heart. Because Betty... Yeah. Basically, it's like, look, girls are disappearing, Reggie. This is bad. This is very bad. Things are bad. You have to let us search for these girls. And he's like, oh, well, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that I did find another body. Y- you want to go to it? <laughs> let me show you a body I found. Ooh. Ooh. 
Well, I was patrolling the swamp. God, Hiram's a terrible boss. Reggie, go and patrol the swamp. Reggie, there is no way you make enough Doritos <laughs> to make this worthwhile. <laughs> All right. I tell you what, I'll patrol the swamp. But you gotta give me two Doritos and at least one of or two bags of Doritos, and at least one of them has to be cool ranch. Maybe both of them, Hiram. Right. Maybe Min- both. Minimum one cool ranch. This is followed up by another training session, which is interrupted when a different homeless man rushes in yes. to inform that the pool house is on fire. And the, 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 there's a little possibly line here which confirms things for me, because Archie says, right here in the alley. So I'm like, okay, so El Royale is in Sketch Alley. <laughs> anyway, they, they run outside, and they're going to get the water hooked up, because there's already a fire, like, 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 a, like, a, like a fire department hose yeah they don't have a truck but they do have a hose well no i'm not even a hose like an actual hookup like yeah in like a cement in a wall with the thing that they unscrew off so i mean they're really getting on on the ball here but earl is inside so i mean what's archie gonna do archie's gonna do what archie's gonna do (laughs) he's gonna run straight into a fire and end up in the hospital archie I don't know why they put him in the hospital, honestly. I know, he seems fine. <laughs> it seems weird that they're just like, yep, you ran in there and he ended up in the hospital. Because he ran into a fire by himself. Yeah. Remember when they said teamwork? <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, we get a quick scene here about how, you know, everything's going bad because I actually like this. This is a good parallel here. So Veronica's sitting at, at a desk, like, counting out the f- fake money. I mean, the, the Riverdale script. Yeah. Um, Hiram's at his desk with the same stacks just of, of like, real U.S. tender money. Yeah. Like, a cool, good parallel. Now, there's a problem, though. Oh, my God. The numbers don't line up. So Veronica calls Hiram, and she's like, hey, why'd you make fake Veronica dollars? And Hiram's like, excuse me? <laughs> he, he, he plays it like he did it. We he will does. learn he did it, but he's, but he's like, oh, and then inflation happens. Isn't that right? What happens when you put too much money... Into the economy. Oh, well, I guess you're learning stuff about economics. But he never actually says no or yes. Which is classic Hiram. Yeah, it feels like he wants to take credit for this. Because she's upset. And he's like, oh, God, I should have done that. I'm like, she, why didn't I think of it? She never even considers that. That means he would have had to had to have gotten your printing plate. No, no, he found one Veronica dollar, and he could use that to make more. <laughs> yeah, right, that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they did, like, a, like, an actual printing run of money. Like, they had a printing plate. They did it. When when is he script in small towns? He's just just like on wood or something. So we can't dwell on this because Betty brings the body that Reggie showed her to Curdle. Yeah, and she's like, "Is this one Margaret?" <laughs> like, yes, this one is Margaret. And it, Margaret has been crushed by a wrecking ball. Well, it says half her body was pulverized as if by a wrecking ball, and I think they're just going to imply there's a really big guy, like or that truck. The problem, oh yeah, she was hit by a truck. The the <laughs> yeah, once again, Colonel just being the worst guy ever. Like he says, like if a wrecking ball. I wonder maybe if Betty followed up and be like, so like she was hit by a truck. He's like, like, I guess a truck could have done it. Colonel yeah. just makes sus- suppositions all the it time, can- so he can be dramatic. It cuts into the scene, and he go- and he like he's like hovering his hands over the body, <laughs> like Deanna Troy trying to figure out if somebody's angry. And he's like, where did you find this body, Miss Cooper? And so the response would be like, is that relevant? <laughs> I mean the swamp clearly. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like a wrecking ball or a truck, a much more reasonable thing? <laughs> Maybe. We already know truckers are involved, Colonel. <laughs> 
right, another big con- uh, big confrontation here. Oh I my hate. god, Tony Topaz canceled practice because mm. Cheryl pushes the Vixens too much. Oh my god, so Tony's going to call her out. And why now? Because Cheryl has been cruel and vicious and manipulative for nine years. And, and for the last seven years, she hasn't been any of that. For the last seven years, she has been a ghost in a house. Mm-hmm. So Tony, but before that, Aaron, Tony was Cheryl's girlfriend. And now, Tony is, Cheryl's being specifically only mean to Tony, so Tony is taking it on as if it's like, the town, you're being cruel to the town. Now, to be fair, Cheryl is typically cruel to the town. But not in the last seven years, to prompt this. Well, and, like, what Tony did is Tony lured, 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 she lured. Yeah. Tony lured Cheryl out of hiding and then was surprised when Cheryl <laughs> acted the way that Cheryl asked. Yeah, Cheryl has done nothing different in that, in like her out of hiding than she has in hiding. Now, I can't believe this made me defend Cheryl. <laughs> well, because also Tony, when she's like tearing into her, she says, you've gotten away with murder with your money and privilege. And Tony, you got away with murder because of Cheryl's money and privilege. Exactly. Literally. Cheryl actually hasn't murdered anyone. Her mother murdered a lot of people. <laughs> but but Cheryl has not killed anyone. Who did Cheryl shoot with an arrow? That was the Black Hood. Oh, and he, okay, that's and he, fine. And he lived. Yeah. Yeah, she just shot him with an arrow. Tony actually murdered someone and got away with it because Cheryl protected her. Okay, but Tony does not care about literal murder. She just cares about people being mean. Yeah, I know. It, the thing is, like, she doesn't actually mean, like, Cheryl, you got away with murder. It's... It's so infuriating. This should have happened five or seven years ago, not now when Cheryl has been a nothing in this town. Well, Cheryl goes out of the frying pan and into the fire because she arrives home and um, Miss Marple is there. Marble. Marble is there. (laughs) Miss Marple is there because there's been a murder in a small seaside town. That's Marple, right? No, that's Murder, She Wrote. I I think they're both that. is, Is Murder, She Wrote Miss Marple? No, that's no. no, that's not. Hmm. I mean, Miss Marple might also be a small seaside town with murders in it. But uh, in a shocking turn of events, the forgery <laughs> has been discovered. Yeah. So now they need to talk. Which I guess is that Mar. So now Marble is going to use Cheryl, Cheryl- to do more forgeries. Why is, didn't she sell is- her the original? Well, and knowing that her being like, "Oh, well, now I'm going to make you do other forgeries." If I was Cheryl and actually had done this plan, I'd be like. Oh, good. So you actually want to be in on the scam. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. That makes it way easier that makes, for us. It makes it so much good. That means we can, oh, we can definitely do this. Yeah. This is perfect. This is great. I'm so glad you figured it out. I thought that maybe, oh my God, this is oh, fantastic. I'm so glad you're on our I'm side. I'm so glad you're on our side. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to be that. No. So Archie is in the hospital. It's good to know it's still working. And then this is where Jackson learns a all about Hiram. I love Keller trying to explain Hiram to Jackson. <laughs> Jackson's like, what? 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 What's a Hiram Lodge? Should we able to point out that, like, so what they're going to do, what they're doing with Jackson, what they're doing with Archie is the idea that when vet, like, mistreating veterans. Mm-hmm. We will actually eventually learn that Earl was a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many veterans. They're a little bit heavy handed on it, but it's fine because this is, like, it's a drama. It's, and it's, if. And- and to be fair, Eric is so 
fresh back into society. Yeah. So Eric, 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 we can't Eric or Jackson. I, I always wrote him down as Jackson. It's the only name I knew. I also wrote down Jackson, but I use initials, so I couldn't mm. write J. All right. So anyway. Well, so Eric has some pretty righteous anger about this, and he's essentially, um, <laughs> he's essentially like, oh, yeah, you know, we get back in these, cor- we're finding money for these corporate uh, fat cats so they can line their pockets. And I come up and be like, Eric, I mean, you're right. But I'm going to be honest, Hiram's only doing this because his daughter was mean to him. Like, Yeah, <laughs> Hiram is not the right person to direct your anger at. Yeah, like, your your anger is correct, but Hiram's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Hiram probably has no idea that anyone has ever been to war. Yeah, I was like, wait, what do you mean a what, what? Wait, what? <laughs> people fought for, no, people did not fight for my people rights. Fought Absolutely for, not. People fought for Veronica? What? No. Huh? So were you on Veronica's side in this war or my side? Yeah, whose side were you on in this war? Did you go did you go to Afghanistan for Veronica or for me? I I am like, mm, can't believe that Veronica caused 9-11. <laughs> I don't even know when she was born then. Well, well she caused it though. <laughs> Everything's either me or Veronica, and I certainly am not on the side of the terrorists, so Veronica must be on the side of the terrorists. So the world knew Veronica was coming. <laughs> So speaking of uh, Hiram, he's real mad about a second body being found. And then I think Reggie manipulates Hiram. Reggie Reggie points out, like, okay, this is the scene where we're like, oh, it's a smokescreen. Oh, it's a cover. And knowing it's a cover makes Hiram's things make even less, less sense. Because as Reggie points out, rightfully and intelligently, why are you doing so many things to draw attention to yourself? Why don't you just let them search your did, land? Be did, the good guy. Did you murder? Like, if I saw that, I was like, did Hiram murder the people in the swamp? Like, just let them search it. Yeah, I'll push back your turnpike a little but, bit. But, like, you already have another turnpike. <laughs> How many turnpikes do you need? Are you, are you telling me that nobody can get into Sodale without that other turnpike? I guess the other turnpike doesn't exist. What is Sodale? Does anyone live there right now? What is happening? Is it nothing? Anyway, Reggie's like, you could be the good guy if you just... Do something normal. He's a real bad... He doesn't have good cover. He always seems like a criminal. Yeah, even when he's doing good things. He's a criminal. So I guess Reggie manipulates Hiram. Good for him. Good good for Reggie. Uh, We get a quick talk with Margaret's mom, Margaret Harper's mom, letting her know. And she's mostly just glad that... You know, she's sad, but she's yeah. glad that now she knows. Yeah, now it's there. And the team, which is Betty and Tony and I guess Alice. Alice will always be around, yeah. Are going to get answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tabitha and uh, Jughead get the barrel. Like, this yeah. whole barrel. And <laughs> I came on the department. I'm like, oh, man, just heroin. God, that's the wrong one. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. Ah, <sighs> oh, shoot. Um, So they take the alien out of the barrel. Yeah. And it is it, ca- it is incorrect. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say though, it looks a lot like a deformed child. It does. Like it doesn't look like too out and I, I think maybe that's because once again, unfortunately we know it's gonna be revealed to not be anything because, because this is Riverdale and yeah. magic doesn't exist in this world except that it does. Yeah. So this looks like honestly, like I, I've seen this in Ripley's, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but they're gonna get a professor to look at it. But like it needs to stay here until she can arrive. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess Jughead will just never leave Pops. He's just going to guard this <laughs> they're gonna smelly off. alien baby. <laughs> yeah, they're going to switch off. Uh, now Veronica has to tell, break it to her her child slaves that unfortunately the mo- like the money's n- just no longer 
good. It's anymore. not adding up, and something's wrong. So they got to do some we, forensic accounting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she looks. Well, at no, her, she, she says we're canceling it. Like we're canceling it. Money's. Yeah, we have to pull it we, all back. But then they're going to figure out where. Pres- presumably, I don't think we're going to see it again. <laughs> but uh, they don't need to figure out where the extra money came from because she looks at her students' hands and their fingers are so red because Veronica's Veronica dollars are red. Yeah, but weren't they printing the currency beforehand? So why would their fingers being red, like, I think really reveal to be fair, that <laughs> we see their red fingers. We also see like their shifty manner. Yeah, they're really sk- they're really shifty. They put the hands down. Um, but <laughs> that shouldn't have been a cl- tip off. They were the ones printing the money, but- Cheryl. So Not Cheryl, <laughs> Veronica. Veronica. Say Cheryl because it's red ink, so I'm like, that's Cheryl's color. So it turns out that they thought they knew more than their teacher, as teenagers do. Yeah. So it's... they printed they printed ten thousand instead of one thousand, which also wouldn't put ink in their hands because they were supposed to print whatever. <laughs> um. So Veronica lectures them as a teacher lectures students about how she's very disappointed in their choices, and they owe her ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Because she's a terrible teacher. They're they are children. You put them in charge. Yeah. Why what? didn't you follow up on this, Veronica? It's it's so weird. She she takes these children that she's supposed to be teaching to, uses them for free labor, and then and then when they like yeah, they made a mistake. They, but they, like they do that is so natural for teenagers to think they know more than their well, teachers. And only that they didn't do a, they like. They didn't steal the money and be like, oh, we did it so that we could, like, spend it all the bijou and, like, all these, like, things. No, they, they, they thought, like, no, you know what? She's wrong. Let's inject 10000 more in. That'll save our town. Because she told them that doing this would save, save their, their town. town. And said she's like, well, I guess you owe me $10,000. No, Veronica, you're their teacher. None of this should be happening. And they don't owe you $10,000. No, you... Essentially set this up as a class project. Yeah. And and now she's like, you're going to work it off doing community service. Which, again, will be renovating her business. <laughs> well, and Sketch Alley. That's true. But, I mean, they'll help her business. But, like, no, you're not the winner in this. You're a terrible person it's, in this episode. It's and, just... and And the, the show does not condemn it and like enough the, 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 the kids, show the kids, kids screwed smile. up well, yeah well no the, the when in the in the sketch alley when they're doing the cleanup and 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 uh Betty, keep on calling the wrong name veronica is like well well you know uh, community service is a good way to pay me back my ten thousand dollars they're like smiling at her like oh veronica you scamp you really got us on this one teacher and i am a 17 16 year old so we can't dwell on this for too long, though, because now we have a pseudo alien abduction. <laughs> so Jughead yes. lives. He has the night shift. Yeah. He lives at Pop Tate's now. Mm. He's working on some laptop stuff. He does pour himself some whiskey in his coffee, which yeah. I'm fine with because no, whatever. He's an adult. He's an adult. He can have he, that whiskey. I mean, he should probably shouldn't be doing it while he's at work. But he's not working. He's uh, just guarding no, that. I mean, I don't think the restaurant's open. I think he's just guarding the alien. I think I think it's a twenty four seven restaurant. It doesn't matter. Honestly, even if, if he was at work, he's alone. And you, you know, know what? I'm, the, I'm not going to moralize at Jughead. I'm just going to tell you, in the restaurant industry, people are definitely drinking at work. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, no, the, it's not a problem. Anyway. The exact same abduction thing that happened to Pop Tate's happens now. Lights flicker. All the electronics go off and crazy. The gumball 
gumball machine spins and sends gumballs all over the floor. And then Jughead runs outside and lights shine down on him. And then he loses six hours of time and he yeah. wakes up in a booth at Pop Tates. And Tabitha doesn't believe him. Despite the fact that I think it'd be like, you know how there's half as many gumballs in that machine? Because Tabitha's trying to be like, oh, well, I mean... Was it you, a dream? Yeah, were you drinking? Blah, blah, blah. Sleepwashing, never, night terrors. Like, she never seems to apply like, oh, you you just outright made it up. So if he was like, why is there half as many... Do you think I did that? Do you think I took half of the gumballs out <laughs> and spread them across the floor so that I could get ya? Well, here's the thing, Kevin. He doesn't have to bring that up because he has better proof. Yeah. The alien baby is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is where Veronica, one of the two boys, cleaning up the sketch alley. Blah, blah, blah. We did have a, a scene that was actually a, uh, a fine scene with Eric and uh, Archie, where Eric's just going to go shoot Hiram. Uh, and Barbie was like, yeah, maybe just go shoot Hiram. You know what? Just Let's just solve all of our you know, problems. Let's just go shoot Hiram. <laughs> but instead, Archie talks to Eric to Jackson about yeah. how returning to civilian life is really, really hard. Yeah. Essentially, the, the premise of the scene is they're both sad veterans. The world is not great to veterans once they, once they return. Uh, Archie does have this one thing where he's like, um, none of my friends know because none of them would understand. And all I want to be like, but Archie, we have been introduced to so many former soldiers in the series mm-hmm. between uh, Sheriff Keller to your uncle Frank, to, to Pop to, Tate, to Pop Tate, to the fact that Keller's wife wife is, is also all, actively act, in military, active military duty. Um, <laughs> your mom's girlfriend, who I assume she's still with, is yeah. So they're, they're kind of saying this up with this thing where it's like Archie's like the only one who understands is us, but they also want to have so many soldiers. And well, it kind of makes sense that Archie might not want to go up to Keller and be like, yo, can we talk about the fact that I'm really struggling no longer being in the army anymore? Mm-hmm. We're just in the civil The fact that like they're kind of treating it like, but he can't talk to anyone. And what's unfortunate, too, is I know Betty hasn't shared either. Yeah. But I feel like he and Betty could probably bond over mutual PST. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she has a different form, but she was literally captured by a serial killer for two, two weeks. weeks. Like, it's... If only people would try <laughs> talking to each other. Yeah, which, I mean, as, as I said, like, I'm not against this entire scene and how it's set up. And I it's, like Eric. I'm yeah. glad that he's around. Some of the language is kind of heavy-handed. This scene was set up in such a way where, where like, and now we're going to have our big... Discussion about veterans and how they're treated in society. <laughs> yeah, it's not very human conversation. They keep talking in abstracted means. Mm-hmm. As, uh, about, as opposed to their specific character's yeah. experiences. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know... Pretty good. Like it. Move on. Uh, because unfortunately for uh, <laughs> for Archie, uh, Weatherby has removed the ROTC students because apparently when it's like, hey, you're going to be in a firefighter, then they started, then they were around a fire and Weatherby went, no. Wait a second. Wait, firefighters fight fires? It was like he was thinking, well, they're just going to like rescue cats from trees and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no. So he pulled them all. However... Kevin and Fangs, they'll be firefighters now. Well, and the chief comes in. Yeah. I like how Archie came up and was like, hey, I want to start a fire, like, uh, uh, I want to do firefighting. And was like, no. no. And then firefighting happened. Like, he did something that a firefighter would do, and, and they're like, oh. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, you actually wanted to, like, did they not believe him? Did, like, the the chief, I could, 
understand maybe being like, I don't believe you know what you're getting into. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, you, remi- you and you need my help. You remind me of myself. Yeah, you reminded me of, here's another father figure for Archie to ignore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, keep, so, they keep giving Archie father figures that he does not ever go to as a father figure. So, I mean, this is great. Now he has a team of four. Yeah. Um, But it would be really nice if they had a fire truck. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he has a team of five because uh, Eric, actually, we didn't mention Oh, that's this. right. Eric's going to stay in town. Eric's going to stay in town because, unfortunately, his slot in the VA house was... Canceled? Can- canceled? He said canceled. He just says it's no longer open anymore. I don't know what that's about. So I guess Archie will be his therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Archie's not a great therapist. Archie's <laughs> not a great therapist. Uh, but, yeah, so they're like, we need one more thing, and that's so Veronica rolls up in a 1950s fire engine and then archie being archie says how much money do i owe you for this because he doesn't understand what gifts are and veronica being veronica goes no we'll offset we'll offset the cost with your naked bodies <laughs> they're gonna make a sexy Fine. calendar classic uh, aaron, veronica aaron, i don't think veronica's wealthy really well because like i think she's like upper middle class maybe but i don't think we're supposed to see her as wealthy because she does consistently she's not even like oh don't worry about it i know it's kind of playful but she does seem to have some money concerns which she never had before so i don't think we're actually supposed to see her as i am exorbitantly wealthy which is weird because she's constantly succeeding in everything she does and also that's like a key facet of veronica lodge's character in archie comics yeah so i think she is just wealthier than most like she's willing to drop 50 grand into the uh the money thing mm-hmm. uh but i don't think we're necessarily supposed to see her that way i don't know it's hard to tell honestly anyway we don't have time to dwell on this because we got to go over to a really weird scene where betty and alice explain that missing <laughs> girls exist oh, yeah. to tom keller and tony and i get hung up on math <laughs> and then tom keller and tony report back that they actually are aware there are missing girls and they have actually been doing research upon betty's request yeah so keller's reached out to other sheriffs along the lonely highway and he's found 13 missing women over yeah there's basically for young women yes so 13 young missing women uh over the past seven years okay um Tony has talked to social workers along the lonely highway highway, um, and found 11 missing names with five overlapping with uh, Betty's uh, or sorry, uh, with Keller's list. And then Betty says, okay, that's 21 missing girls. And I'm like, what? Huh? What? Wait, what? Huh? How'd you get 21? (laughs) Because 13 plus 11 is 24 minus five is 19. And then if you, let's say you add in... Polly. Are they adding in Polly and... No. And Margaret. They're adding in Polly but and then Margaret. But the, then there's the third girl as well. Well, the third girl is a part of the ones who are missing. So the thing is one of those ones missing. Yes. But but Margaret and Paul... And Margaret isn't part of... No, Margaret is... What? No, Margaret wouldn't count because she wouldn't have come up in those... Okay, because it's only in this search. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's way too much math for me to have to do to be like, how did Betty reach 20... What? To carry those. Okay, no, yeah, okay, 21. There we go. <laughs> Got it. Um, So they think 
is this human trafficking? And Betty says, no, this is a serial killer. <laughs> Riverdale has one thing and it's serial killers. I kind of wish there was human trafficking. Not that human trafficking is better than a serial killer. But it would be, but it would, be, it would be nice to have a storyline that wasn't a serial killer. <laughs> it would be different. Also, it's very clearly a serial killer considering what they've already interacted with. Yeah. Like, they haven't seen the skull truck. Only we have. <laughs> I mean, I more have meant that finding the, the body oh, pulverized. Yeah. Like, have, like, trafficking would be that you'd probably be fine somewhere else. Accurate. But, you know... So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment that existed only for drama? I have no metaphor. I have no metaphor. <laughs> do you, do you Riverdale want me to, broke me. Do you want me to guess what your moment is? Yeah. Is it the dance-off? Oh, it's the dance-off. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. The only thing it served to me was to make me realize that these kids who are playing, like, the Riverdale kids you know, our main characters yeah. are not teenagers anymore. Well, Cause seeing Cheryl next to a real teenager, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're a grown woman. Well, and not only that it, 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 it's like it allowed them to get something out of their system, which is that they shot Cheryl so much more sexual than any of her. Like when, when she was pretend, when she was a, you know, an adult pretending to be a teenager, mm -hmm. they like, well, they were doing like some, you know, provocative dances they always like were of awareness that this was but like her booty twerks no, and like they go right like they take that camera and slam it up against it and and it's it's a it it's, served, it's a lot it served nothing and it, it, it broke me and i'm not shaming that or, that or anything but it's very clear delineation it's so gratuitous even, even how they shoot the girl who's pretending to be a teenager mm -hmm. um, who probably isn't an, an adult <laughs> is probably an adult yeah, yeah. Um, a younger adult but yeah but like it it felt like they, they just like okay we've had to do all those shoots we never got to do a real sexy cheryl let's dance. do it yeah at a certain point i thought she was gonna start tearing off clothes or some nonsense like that she does have a line where she's like well i've taken myself out of my self-isolation and i was like oh riverdale too soon <laughs> too soon yeah yeah, yeah. this is that cheryl went inside for covid for uh covid19 <laughs> and then just never came out for seven years so kevin did you find a cw moment <sighs> I mean, the, the thing is, like, the obvious one is obviously that dance-off. Dance it is an atrocious dance-off. Um, <laughs> you know what else is not logical, though? Hiram rolling up in that Jeep to keep people away from his swamp. Yeah, that's also pretty That's, that's pretty rough. Um, I can't keep giving it to Reggie being around because it's <laughs> insane that he's always the one doing these things, but it's necessary. So I'm going to give it to the thing that I know is not going to come up, which is that spinning gumball machine. Mm. Like... All the other things, I'll be like, okay, I can kind of get where probably this is going to reveal it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is not me trying to outsmart the series. It's just that we know it's not going to be that. And we just, we, we know, know there is no magic in this and world. something has to relate to Hiram. So yeah. Hiram doing some weird digging or some weird project that's causing an earthquake. Like, that is looks like an earthquake, a very localized earthquake. But it's like when the girls were having the seizures. Yeah. It was because of Hiram. Yeah. So all those things I could make sense. They're all electromagnetic. They're all like the like you know the the what's it the till popping open. All those things I understand. The jukebox coming on, electromagnetic, a spinning gumball machine is like telekinesis psychic level stuff. And I don't think it's going to get explained. I think it's just going to be like oh no, electromagnetic. It's like yeah, you have an analog device going crazy though. Unless maybe they do explain it in a certain shaking, just it's <laughs> it, just a really crappy gumball machine. It'd be like if you see a grandfather clock just spinning wildly. 
you're just like, that's not how... There's no electronics in that, Grandfather. What? Well, I think I've answered it for you. It's just a shoddy machine. Bad craftsmanship. <laughs> Here's the thing. This machine is it's, it's great. It's well-developed. It'll work for 50 years. 50 years or more, this machine will work. Here's the thing, though. If it gets shaken, its, it's key <laughs> will just rapidly spin. I don't know why. It's just a quirk of the gears. Don't well, worry about it. It's just weak. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have kids just standing next to it, just jumping on the ground repeatedly, just one after each other, and it's just spinning and spitting gumballs all over the floor. <laughs> they never get any money out of that thing. So, if you have a theory for why this gumball machine is doing its thing, please tell us on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And also, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions, Apple Podcast, or your podcaster of choice, because uh, Riverdale's only giving us a month more of shows, and then we got to find something else to talk about. <laughs> so tell people you like us. Yeah. Uh, and also, remember, you can check out my books. They're all at kevinweirbooks.com, Endless Hunger, All Gods Fall, all sort of things available on there. And I'm over at aflimsyplan.com talking about my thoughts, but not right now because I'm in grad school. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. What, what is Hiram up to? to? Why, Why are, are these girls disappearing? disappearing? What, what is Miss Marvel's plan? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>